Hey there, how you going? It's Kay here from Sydney Hospital Hand Unit, the CNC for Hand Surgery, here with our episode two of our podcast, Handy Essentials for Hand Nurses. And obviously joining me today is... Nav, hi, how are you? So today we're going to focus on neurovascular observations, um, when we do them, why we do them, any treatment um, for any... Um, when we have conditions that have altered neurovascular observations and we're just going to look at what the norms are um, okie dokie. So what are neurovascular observations? Um, I guess really essentially we're assessing an area for the function of the circulation and the nerves. Um, usually we do them in hospital postoperatively um, usually also following um, bony fixations when we've placed metalwork inside the body but essentially we do routinely record neurovascular observations whenever a cast has been put on even if that's a back slab um, so in the presence of trauma and we've we've placed a back slab on the limb and and obviously having a back slab we are potentially going to cause some compression in the area because swelling is going to be restricted. Um, now, do you have any other thoughts on what you can, in that relation? So yeah, I think a neurovascular obs are really an essential part of looking after a patient either before or after surgery. Today we're going to talk largely about the post-operative neurovascular obs but they're a good indicator of how uh, your patient is performing after the operation. Um, they often do reflect anything going wrong in the care of the patient. So a change in the neurovascular obs can be a marker of something just to be aware of, and that's probably the main reason that they are done, um, because a change in the neurovascular obs can be a marker of just something that needs to be escalated. Um, so they're a good indicator of function and potentially a problem developing. So I guess before we start to look at the aspects of the neurovascular observations, because sometimes I suppose, Nav, you could have um, changes in the observations that may not be directly related to what's happened to the limb and the surgery involved in the limb that could kind of throw you off a little bit. Yeah, so that, that goes into all the different reasons why neurovascular obs might be impaired. Um, Often it will be something directly involved with the limb. There are a couple of other causes we'll touch upon just to be globally aware of. Um, but some of the reasons that may be aware would be uh, things you mentioned already. So swelling uh, related to uh, tight bandages or a cast uh, or a slab being applied. The difference between a cast and a slab, a cast is usually circumferential and it's something that's applied in a non-acute setting whereas a slab or a back slab uh, is a half cast. Um, and the idea behind that, it is surrounded by bandages and bandages are a bit more flexible than plaster. And so in an acute setting, often a slab rather than a cast will be applied because bandages will allow some element of swelling to occur, whereas a cast is fairly, fairly tight and circumferential. And so in the setting of uh, uh, tight bandages, uh, a tight uh, slab or a cast, uh, potentially that might cause an impairment in the neurovascular obs where uh, blood is pulled in the extremity and uh, therefore compresses all other things in the extremity such as nerves, arteries, muscles, um, and that causes pain or an impairment in those neurovascular obs. 
Um, the other reasons, it may be uh, because of something local in hand, something structural. Um, so potentially a nerve that is Im injured, uh, which may have been impaired, uh, sorry, which may have been repaired, uh, which might lead to a focal deficit in uh, the nerve uh, part of the neurovascular obs. Um, uh, the often a patient will have uh, a local anesthetic or a block, uh, which may also lead to a focal deficit in the neurovascular, the neuro part in the neurovascular obs. Um, and so, part of it might just be uh, what's expected for that patient, either because of the normal uh, local anesthetic or block after an operation. Part of it might be due to the injury, um, a nerve injury prior to uh, the procedure, or even a tendon injury which may be uh, the reason that a part of the limb is not moving. Um, or part of it might be uh, constriction from swelling or some sort of uh, uh, development of uh, edema after an operation. Um, Kay, would you like to touch upon some of the more sinister causes? Uh, yeah, I suppose, <laughs> and these are the things that probably will maybe throw off um, that aren't directly related to the surgery. And I suppose they're things like um limb ischemia um could be related to a, a stroke or a cardiac problem so th something that's happening with the patient that we, we're not directly looking for and and the the observations that we're doing which we think are related to a surgery may not be but it's something that's happening with the patient more globally um and, and, I and that's that's important because often it is easy to get too focused on the injured limb or the affected body part that uh, you know everyone is focused on um, and you know just it's an important thing to just take a step back and look at the patient as a whole um, if there isn't really enough blood going around the body a circulatory problem like a cardiac problem then you know that might be reflected in the limb obs um, which might be a marker of something going on globally in the patient or you know potentially even a stroke that might be a cause of a deficit in, in motion and it, it just uh, makes you appreciate that it's about patient care and just looking at the patient globally um, to reflect some of the more general causes of a neurovascular deficit. I think that's a really good thing because we when we say post-operatively look at neurovascular obs all you think about is the surgery and let's do the obs and like tick them off and you don't kind of necessarily look at that whole picture because that's your focus. Mm. Um, so it is a, it's a really good aspect to remind ourselves of um, and I suppose um, additionally there might be you know bleeding within the area that uh, has been missed or um, uh, something's happened in the surgery that has been overlooked or um, repaired and, and is now there's a problem with so it's not actually um, directly um, a, a problem within the compartment. But the things we've touched upon so far, some of them are expected, uh, some of them aren't particularly concerning. Um, but then the, the big reason to do neurovascular obs is to look at the things that might be concerning and that definitely do need to be escalated. And so Kay's already touched upon limb ischemia as a thing really that uh, needs to be escalated and one of the big reasons we do neurovascular obs, the others being uh, compartment syndrome. Um, or potentially a vascular inflow issue or an outflow issue. Compartment syndrome is a big topic and one that we'll cover in a future podcast is, as well as potentially limb ischemia. Um, that's again a big topic, uh, especially in the context of uh, amputated limb um, where, where it's, it's a whole, uh, it's a very specialized uh, set of neurovascular obs looking at inflow and outflow. 
Um, but one of the big reasons to do neurovasculobs is to alert, um, alert us of a more sinister problem with a patient that does definitely need to be escalated and can be often reversed if caught in time. Um, but just to recap, the, the normal expected reasons for neurovasculobs to be deficit would be um, because of local anesthetic or a block, um, or potentially that, that is the reason that the patient is coming into hospital for a nerve or tendon deficit. And those aren't things that are particularly concerning and uh, in some way to be expected, but can cause a deficit in the neurovasculobs. The thing that is not concerning, but reversible and easy to address is the swelling um, from tight bandages or cast. And the things that are uh, definitely out there to be worried about would be ischemic limb or compartment syndrome, uh, and they need to be addressed fairly urgently. And so in, in the context of a deficit uh, in the neurovasculobs, Kay, what would you recommend we do? Yeah, so I can I just go back a tiny little bit because you just um, pointed out there that some of the um, the deficits that we may see are expected, like because you mentioned about the, the tendon and the nerve repairs, well, you are going to then have ultrasensation. You are going to have um, uh, functional um, deficits. And and on the observation sheets and what the observations we record, we often don't look at those because we do, we know if there's been a tendon repair, an aspect of the, the observations includes movement. Well, we know that we won't be moving the limb. We know that that's going to happen. And if there's been a nerve repair, we won't be too focused on the sensation. And I guess that's in the context of a nerve block. We know that most of our um, hand surgery, they do have nerve blocks. So that's going to be um, have a direct correlation with the outcomes of these neurovascular observations. But I d yes, if we do um, notice any um, unusual or um, observations that have deficits, the one of the first things that we can do is elevate we can cut down our back slab which is not uncommon and, and that's often in my experience 99% of the time you cut down a, a, a back slab and when I say cut down it's the whole length of the back slab you don't just cut down part way to release say around the the hand or or more proximal, you don't just cut down so you've got the, the proximal aspect of the, the back slab, it's the whole back slab. And we're not taking the limb out of the back slab, we're just cutting down, releasing that bandage. And and often, like I've just said, 99% of the time, that will relieve the, the, the problem. That, that's, a, that's an interesting comment because I, I treated a patient this week uh, who had a fairly minor procedure, fixation of a metacarpal fracture. Uh, went home and then later that night, uh, once the block had worn off, had a quite a resurgence of pain. And I know we've covered pain in a in a previous podcast, but that goes to show pain is one of those things as part of your neurovascular obs that can be very easily improved um, just by releasing any constrictive or circumferential bandages. Um, and you find if there is a deficit in uh, sensation or if there is a deficit in circulation, usually if it is swelling, circulatory problems would be quite late. Um, but certainly you might get a deficit in the sensations and numbness or pins and needles in the limb uh, and and removing any tight kind of circumferential bandages is a really good first step as well as elevating the limb so uh, elevating it in a couple of pillows uh, or in a gallows sling a pillowcase sling um, j just the simple thing of uh, rice is the principle to apply here so resting it um, making sure it's not being overused uh, icing it potentially um, uh, compression is probably less useful, it's about releasing compression and then elevation.
Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose when you are um, re cutting down, releasing the bandages, we would obviously always reapply a bandage just to secure the back slab in place. But you're going to keep that, it's going to be secure, but you're not going to go tightness. And you can often see the swelling and that the fact that you can't join the way you've cut, you can't join those two edges together. So you can see the amount of swelling that's happening there. So this situation is something you don't need to be calling the, the on-call registrar about or, or raising alarms. You obviously need to talk to the, the nurses staff in your teams. But this is something that it needs to be handed over to so the team is well aware. If it does not improve, if the, if the neurovascular observations do not improve with cutting down the bandage, that is certainly when you need to be escalating um, to the on-call um, orthopedic team or, or hand team. And that's where, you know, you, you might be looking at some of those more sinister causes of a neurovascular ob deficit, um, which might include a ischemic limb, it might include uh, compartment syndrome, um, any variety of things which if they aren't addressed by simple measures, then uh, may need more focused uh, examination and escalation. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think what we, we kind of covered most areas, I think most people are kind of um, quite, f um, have a good grasp of what aspects are recorded in the neurovascular observation. So just running through that quickly, we, we always look at pain score because that is one of the biggest factors that happens post-operatively and if there is something going on in the limb, pain is what is the patient reports that is the worst. And it's an early indicator it, of anything. Absolutely, and it is pain disproportionate to the injury or to the surgery and, and it is on, obviously we spoke um, previously in these podcasts about pain management, that the patient has actually received pain medication that we are managing it and this is on this is um, above and beyond what their ex what pain medication they've received um, nothing is resolving their their pain medication their pain and in my experience you can't go near the patient you can't even try to touch their limb because they're in that much pain um, sensation is another area and we've already touched on that this is something that in the context of a nerve block or a nerve repair we probably won't even be looking at this because it is going to be um, affected. Motion, again, in the context of nerve repair and tendon repairs, this is something else that we do not, um, we often don't look at. Um, Colour is something that we can look at and, and that's just simply having a look at the limb and, and comparing it to the contralateral limb. Swelling, and sometimes that's a little bit difficult to determine when you're looking at fingertips when everything else is covered up in a back slab. Temperature is certainly an easy um, um, aspect to, to determine and you always need to compare to a contractual limb. Um, capillary refill is another important area. But all of these things are very late indicators of, of anything going on um, in, that, in the body. So if we're waiting for changes in temperature, capillary refill, color say for instance, and the patient's complaining of pain and we haven't acted, we are going to be, um, the patient is going to suffer. We need to be acting on that very, the, the pain is the biggest indicator of what, if anything's going on. So, Pulses. So yeah, in, in, in some way, pain is the earliest indicator mm. of neurovascular OBS. 
even though it's not really in the word neurovascular, but it is an important part of that. Absolutely. And I guess the final thing is, is pulses, <clears throat> being able to take a pulse. And, and I get asked this question quite a lot, especially in the, in the upper limb. The, the, the radial pulse obviously is, is often not accessible because we've got a backside there. So you, a brachial pulse, but Nav and I were talking the other day, and how useful is it to take a brachial pulse when, when the issue is below, is, is distal to the brachial pulse, and, and that's not gonna tell you if there's any problems or not. You might have a great bounding brachial pulse, but your patient might be um, having other deficits. So, you know, just, just knowing that it's great to take that, but it's not gonna show you anything in the limb, potentially. And certainly a loss of the pulse is quite a late marker of any deficit in a neurovascular ob. Um, you, you'd expect a lot of the other things Kay had mentioned before the loss of pulses. Um, so I think that's just to, um, to wrap up and to kind of just go over the key points for today, that neurovascular observations are recorded for the majority of hand cases, um, post-surgery and even pre-surgery. Um, we haven't said the frequency and, and most of the time, um, according to our local policies here, but um, other areas might have slightly different. Um, I'm used to hourly for 12 hours and then second hourly for the, for the next 12 hours and then um, at least each shift, um, potentially every four hours. And obviously that all is dependent on the surgeon as well. And if you've got any um, deficits that have been highlighted. Um, why do we do um, neurovascular observations? We've, we've covered that in that we're trying to um, determine early indicators of problems going on in the body, both locally and more general across the body. And, and being aware of those more general, um, um, generalized conditions that could be happening. We need to take into account that the, the maybe surgical procedures that have been um, completed that are going to affect our results and, and potentially also if we do try to record the true neurovascular observations, i.e. sensation and, and motion, that we may be compromising surgical procedures if we're unaware of what has happened in the surgery. So being aware of the surgical procedure is a real key element. And um, moving on to, to treatment, identification, simple elevation, rice, and cutting down the back slabs. These simple first line treatments that nurses can do, and then informing the team and escalation up to the, the registrars if the, the deficits have not been resolved by simply cutting down the limb. Or, or if you're worried, like certainly I think uh, most nurses have quite an acute awareness of what's normal and what's not normal. Um, if there is an escalating uh, amount of pain despite analgesia or just something's not quite right, um, certainly escalation is the most appropriate thing to do. Excellent. Thanks, guys. That's um, all for today and we'll um, see you next time. Bye. Bye.